Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Good to be back and we're still doing our oxygen series uh, because we think that you need to keep breathing. Amen. <laughs> and uh, you need to breathe and you need to pray. You need to be able to let your prayer life be like the breath in your lungs. You need to be able to understand the necessity of getting the breath of God flowing through you and let your heart be invigorated by prayer. And, and uh, I have a verse for you this morning from Colossians chapter 4. And verse 2, this is a scripture which um, halfway through the holiday, I really felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. It says this in Colossians 4 verse 2. I'm reading from a version that we don't have on scripture, so we're going to give you the New King James, but I'm going to read it in a, a slightly different version. It says this, devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. In the New King James, it says, being vigilant. In it, and basically, it's a Greek word, gregario, and it, it basically means to watch, uh, to stay alert, to to be attentive, to be cautious, to be active. It's a, it means to take heed, lest through remission and indolence. Who knows what the word indolence means? I had to look it up, and uh, I'd never. But it basically means laziness. Through remission and laziness, some destructive calamity suddenly overtake you. And so this word vigilant or alert, being alert, basically means continue earnestly in prayer, lest you pull back and laziness comes over you. And and I I began to really sort of think about that and, and think about how Laziness is something that we're all offended by if we were ever accused of. There isn't a person on the planet, if you accuse them of being lazy, they would be mortally offended even if it were true. And, and then I began to realize as I was looking through the scriptures how often Jesus said, can you watch and pray? I began to realize that there is this sense of urgency. It's like a, it's like a sort of an exhortation word with a nasty sting in its tail. It's like it's a word that's basically saying, look, if you, if you don't watch, if you're not vigilant, then there is a remission, there is a pulling back, there is a, there is a laziness, there is a, a lethargy which comes over you. And these are the things you need to watch for. And so I, I began to realize that it's kind of much like Many things we do in life, like exercise. And I realized that, um, that exercise is one of those things that, that most of us do sporadically. Are you with me here? Most of us do it over, over seasons of our life where we feel motivated to do it up to the point where we've got to a, a level. And then once you've gotten to that level where it's, you, you, you sort of get to a point of effectiveness and then... You, you stop breaking through. And once you stop breaking through, you get a little discouraged. So then you pull back because it's not working anymore. Yeah. And we remember when we did the Stronger series. Who was here for the Stronger series? About four years ago, three or four years ago. Jim remembers that because it had an impact on his health. He started walking and, and um, he's probably added an extra hundred years to his life, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> 
And uh, he, uh, Jim was, um, rem- would remember that. And we did a, a stronger series. And, and I sort of mentioned this sort of comment about how many push-ups I might be able to do. Uh, and I think it was Neil suddenly shouted, do it. And then the rest of you encouraged it. And, shouted, and so I ended up doing like, I don't know, 25 press-ups or something. And uh, But the end of the series, six... Um, Six weeks later, I'd managed to do uh, 75 press-ups in six weeks. I've gone from 25 to 75 in six weeks. It's pretty good, isn't it? But but you know what? I never beat 75. That was it. It was like... uh, And one thing thing that I noticed is that that there is this thing that we do um, where we, we... Take on diets. How many of you have done a diet? And it's worked for a while and then it stopped working. Works for a while, then stops working. Um, Exercise works for a while, then stops working. Uh, And and I was basically, I was doing press-ups, doing press-ups in the morning, press-ups in the evening. I've no idea if it's a good idea or not a good idea. If it's a good exercise program, probably wasn't. But it worked for a while, and then it stopped working. And when something is no longer working, a discouragement begins to settle in. A kind of a, 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 a pulling back. A kind of a like... All right, well, because there's, there's nothing worse than taking something on in life, trying something, and then having no benefit from it. Particularly when it's hard work. It's like, um, you know, there are things which you want to do, but you really don't know how to get past them. And, and, and our prayer life is like that, that, that Jesus is speaking to, to Peter, and he says to Peter, look, look, Peter, could you not stay awake? Could you not watch with me one hour? Could you not? It's like, but Peter wasn't able to even maintain that process. It says in Mark 13, Jesus is speaking to the disciples before this. He's Mark 13, 33. He says, take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants to each to his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening or at midnight or the crowing of the rooster or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. So this word, Jesus is speaking it's quite, it's one of those things he's saying to all, I'm, I, I want you to watch. I want you to be vigilant. I want you to, to uh, understand that if you don't do these things, then what's going to happen is your heart will pull back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think all of us know what it's like for your heart to pull back. Yeah. And when your heart pulls back, it, it's like, and it pulls back. I found out of this, I, I found that no one deliberately... I've said this many times, no one deliberately backslides. You don't wake up in the morning and go, you know what, spiritual life is too good, I think we've just got to pull it back a bit. <laughs> just, I'm just not doing this anymore, it's so amazing, I'm not doing it anymore. It's like, you don't, that's the very opposite. You don't wake up one day, what happens is, you, you, you in your faith, in your persistency of doing and doing and doing, you wake up one morning and you go, this isn't working. And something takes your eye away from what it is 
that keeps it working and you begin to lose sight of the things that you're watching for and your heart retracts. And so we've got to understand how to watch and pray. Do you know um, where Heidi used to work at, at Four Martins? Um, it's a coffee shop on the uh, north end of the Haddo Estate uh, where Lord and Lady Aberdeen um, are the laird of the manor. And uh, they, um, they have on the estate, uh, the, there's a gatehouse that next to the Four Martins um, uh, next to the Four Martins coffee shop, there's a gatehouse that the uh, Lord and Lady Aberdeen used to sort of go along. And about 300 metres onto the estate, up the track, is a metal plate in, in the track. Um, and what would happen is that Lord Aberdeen would be in his horse and carriage and they would be flying at full speed towards the gate. And the horse and carriage would go over the plate and the plate would ring a bell 300 metres up at the gatehouse and that would give the gatekeeper seconds to up, out, open the gates so that the horse and carriage doesn't have to slow down. What that means is, <laughs> watch and pray. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, here's a man whose responsibility is opening the gate. He doesn't know when he's coming. They didn't have telephones to know when he's coming. He's got, he's got about five seconds warning. That's it. Because the horse and carriage coming at full speed, the metal plate is the only warning he gets and he's got to be there to open it. He doesn't know which gate the, the uh, Lord Aberdeen was going to exit the, um, the estate from. It's a vast estate. He could have gone south. But if he's running north, he goes over that plate and the gatekeeper would have to open the gate. And that's so he wouldn't have to slow down. You know what? We don't know the circumstances or the opportunities. We don't know the, when the enemy is coming. We don't know when the hand of God is, is enabling an opportunity for us to take. But let me tell you something. Opportunities come once. Opportunities. Once it's gone, it's gone. You've got to pray for another one. But we all know what it's like to miss them. We all know what it's like to miss. Now, now, fortunately, you don't get one opportunity in life and that's it. <laughs> but you only get that particular opportunity then. That's it. So whatever that was that you lost, you lost. Swallow. Shrug. Pick yourself up. Walk on. It's done. Right? But God restores and build something new. So when he restores a house, when it's restored, it's not the same as the old house. All right? So when he rebuilds what we've broken down, he rebuilds it better and new. So whatever has been broken down in your life, God will rebuild it. But we want to see his kingdom continually working in our life. And we want to take advantage of the things that the kingdom of God is bringing to us. Jesus is encouraging us to watch and pray, to be ready at all times. So I want this morning to go through three things that will enable you to be alert. Actually, I remember um, in the 1970s as a child, they used to, used to be able to buy these plates and mugs and things. And it used, they used to have this thing. It said, be alert because the nation needs more alerts. And it was funny in the 1970s. Um, I remember reading at the time thinking, well, that's so funny. And now when I think about it, that is about the most stupid thing I've ever heard. Be alert because the nation needs more alerts. And, uh, 
And, and, uh, but we need to be alert. We need to be vigilant. We need to be watching. But how do you maintain a vigilant heart? How do you maintain a watching attitude? How do you keep those things fresh and alive within your heart? You know, the first thing I want to say is this. Learn the science, not just the application. Learn the science, not just the application. Now, what I mean by that is probably 80% of the preaching you have here is application preaching. This morning, this is application preaching. It is, it is a process of motivating, encouraging, lifting up. It is essential. It's the essential fuel for your life. It's like, it's like petrol in the, in the car, all right? Application, ministry, preaching, motivation, encouraging. Prophetic words are those things. They are motivational. They're encouraging. They lift you up. Are you with me here? Yeah. It's essential for your life. That you. I reckon about 80% of your life wants to, be pre, wants to be understanding the application, how to do it. Feel encouraged, you can do it. Yeah. But I reckon about 20%, I reckon about... of your life needs to understand not the application, not the motivation of it, but the science behind it. It says in Acts 17 and verse 10, it says, Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. Now what had happened is that Paul had been in Thessalonica and he had um, got the church established there, but there had been a bit of a riot and um, the... um, the, the, they, didn't, they didn't particularly like him, so they sent him away to Berea. It says, and when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Those, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. You see, these were noble people because they weren't just motivated by the emotion, but they understood the science. And because of those two, they had the, combina- the combination of strength to enable them to make a decision and let faith be fully established in your life. If your life, if your spiritual life is led by feeling and emotion, if you are motivated to have faith in God, but you have not the understanding of how Scripture works, the, the doctrines and the theology of your faith, if you've got no foundation in those things, mm-hmm. at some point your motivation is going to be pulled from under your feet. Yeah. And then what have you got left? How do you fix what is broken if you don't know how it works? Yeah. I've said this many times. I don't fix cars easily. I have a, a basic understanding of mechanics. If I need something fixed in my car, I, I normally speak to Paul. Or if I can't get Paul to fix it, I take it to a garage and pay someone to fix it. <laughs> because they know how to fix it. Do you understand me? Yeah, yeah. But the only person who can truly fix your heart is between you and God. All right. How do you get your heart back on track again? You've got to get the word of God flowing in. You've got to allow. And here's the deal with the word of God. In today's day and age, it is possible to fill your heart, not just with motivation, encourage, inspiring, 
um, inspiring memes with, with, with beautiful pictures and, and inspiring sentences. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, most of those make me sort of slightly want to be sick. Um, just because they're just too twee. They're, just, they're too clever. Everything's a little bit clever. It's like, hmm. I don't like it. It's like it's not real. And so, uh, and so my heart kind of just, I just, but the reality is that, that the scripture, what Christ has done for us, there is a mechanics going on behind the motivation. There is a mechanics what's going on. Get your heart understanding. Just put a little bit of effort. That's all. Just a little bit of effort and understanding what it means when Christ died upon the cross. What it means to be justified by faith. What it means, just understand some of the mechanics. Give yourself a, a little bit of understanding and it will extraordinarily give yourself an incredible foundation to motivate you to keep praying because it keeps your heart centered. It keeps you centered when everything else is blowing around. All right, number two, prayer doesn't exist in a vacuum. All right, prayer doesn't exist in a vacuum. In other words, if there isn't a spiritual seedbed of faith alive in your heart, then prayer begins to diminish in your life. I have found this, that if you are feeding yourself on Sundays and Wednesday nights, that's called a hunger strike. We eat every day unless there's a problem. If we don't spiritually feed ourselves every day, then there is a problem. The Bible says in 2 Timothy Chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction of righteousness, for the man, that the man of God may be, what? Complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. What keeps you centered is the feeding of yourself with the word of God. Listen, you've got, you've probably all got mobile phones and with, if you've got a mobile phone, you can have an app, which puts in, if you haven't got an app, buy a book. <laughs> Do the old-fashioned way. <laughs> and you know what? You can get the Word of God flowing into your heart and into your life. If you get the version Bible app, um, they, you can watch videos. on. Uh, they'll give you whole uh, discussions on on scripture of every aspect of how the Bible works, and you can just feed yourself with the word. Yeah. All right. So, see, prayer doesn't operate in a vacuum. If you don't have a spiritual life and you wonder why your prayer life doesn't work, there you go. Yeah. It, get yourself fed with the word of God, and prayer ignites on the inside of you again. Amen. And here's the last point. This is what the point that I really want to get to. You will quickly fail, number three, you will quickly fail if you fail to change. What I said at the beginning was this. I said that, see, discouragement is the basis of laziness. I mean, there is lethargy, procrastination. Procrastination comes from the point of, Ken, when we were away, he preached a message um, and he said in the message, he spoke about time management and he said this thing. He says, every day, eat the frog. Who, who heard that message? Every day, eat the frog. It was an amazing message. Every day, eat the frog. In other words, every day, do something that you don't like to do, but get it done. 
eat the snail if you, if you want another. <laughs> I, was eating, I wasn't eating frogs, I was eating snails. Eat something that isn't nice. Do the things in your life that you don't like doing. Get them done and that will break the burden off your life. Right? Now, here's the thing that we do with our lives is that if there's anything more breaking of the heart, anything more demotivating, is doing the same thing day in, day out. What is the most unmotivating work? I would think it probably, and I, I could be shot down for this, if you're a factory worker and you end up having to do the same thing, we all know everyone, anyone who's ever done the same thing, it's like, you've got to do the same thing. Your brain is going crazy because it's like, I've got a brain, it works, but I'm not allowed to use it. And it's thoroughly discouraging, unmotivating. It breaks the inside of you, doesn't it? Then how come your spiritual life is locked into the same simple principle of doing exactly the same thing week in, week out, day in, day out. Even if you have a daily prayer life, you you end up doing the same thing and your brain isn't engaged. In other words, change it out. The reason why I never got past 75 press-ups is because that's all I was doing was press-ups. I didn't change up the exercise. I didn't, I didn't develop the core. I didn't work on the things that would change it and develop it. I just got to a point where I stopped doing it and then I stopped doing it. And now I'm probably back down to about 15. And, uh, so, <laughs> and I'm back down to probably, I don't know, maybe 25 if I'm lucky. And, and I found that if you don't change, you lose. In other words, how do you watch and pray? How do you keep your prayer life alive? Change up your prayer life. Change the time you pray. Change how you pray. Change what you pray. Change your confession. Change your vision, your perspective. It says this in Romans 12 verse 2. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your Mind that you may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This scripture it is so powerful that it, what it's basically saying is that as you pursue the things of God, your mind gets renewed, your mind changes. There is an activation of your thinking. There is a freshness of your perspective and your vision. And what happens is you begin to change the way you pray, begin to change the way you live, begin to change the way you do these things. And suddenly your prayer life takes on a whole new confession. I I need you to understand this. If you get a great prayer life and you're praying great and then suddenly it comes to an end, you know why it's come to an end? Because you've done it too much the same way. It's like eating the same food every day. That great, Vegan diet will work for about four weeks and then it starts to kill you. (laughs) You understand me here. At some point, it's going to backfire on you because you can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. It works for a while. Change it up. Get your prayer life working again. Start singing worship songs. Download a different album. Listen to a different podcast. Get something fresh. On the horizon. If yours just wake up in the morning, and then you don't pray, and then you don't read the Bible, and you and you don't listen to a podcast, and well, I've done all those things. Yeah, you, those things that you were doing. Don't do those things. Do something else. 
Find another avenue because all food is good for you. But if you only eat a little bit of it. I've been reading a book, um, Dunkirk. It's the history behind the movie. Actually, it's the history behind the event that created the movie. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I'm reading a book, and one of the things they discovered was this, that in the 1930s, British soldiers were in quite poor health. And the reason for that was their diet. It wasn't the fact that vegetables weren't available. It's the fact that they just weren't eating them. Just weren't eating them. People were just eating bit of meat and potato, filling themselves up rather than giving themselves healthy food. And so a lot of them were undernourished because they weren't changing out their diet. It was available, you just didn't eat it. There is, that I read uh, when they were talking about the Scottish uh, independence uh, the first time round, head of Tesco said this, they said uh, the richest person in Scotland probably doesn't eat as much fruit and veg as the poorest person in England. (laughs) I think he was trying to be insulting, right? (laughs) I don't think that's true, but I think it's the case of the fact that we live very limited, we have limited diets of our food life, we have limited diets of our spirit life. Come on, waken it up, get it alive, and you will find your heart alive again, afresh with what God can do in your life how would you ever know a new potential unless you do something new try something fresh amen thanks for listening if you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times then don't forget to visit our website www.junctionchurch.com god bless